What's going on everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dad's Game Podcast. This is Joan here as always. And as you can tell, my microphone is back. Shout out to the Blue Yeti microphone company for giving me an almost instantaneous replacement on my microphone. I didn't have to go through my Singaporean supplier. I just went straight to Blue Yeti, told them that my mic ain't working. They got it settled in less than a week. And in less than three days of resolving the issue, they sent me a brand new microphone. So right now, my podcast is back at full power. And welcome to the brand new edition of the Dead's Game Podcast, where there will be two new episodes per week instead of one. I actually wanted to release this episode during the end of the week, because at the end of the week will be the start of October, meaning that I'll be doing two episodes. But then I got this mic, I got a bit, you know, I got a feels. So instead... Of launching two episodes from the start of October, why not do it right now? Because we all know that the patch, the new brand new patch, man, patch 1.11, just released today. And with the new patch, there's been a lot of changes. Some of the changes were kind of like predicted or more like spoiled to us during patch 1.10. We knew that in patch 1.11, A Soul and Hush would definitely be hit. They have, they were thinking of doing some form of balancing to those both to both of those cuts. So let's get started with the more important cards that have been nerfed, or I would say balanced, in this new patch 1.11. And the very first card that got nerfed is other than Radiant Guardian. Let's start off with the followers or the minions before we get to the champions. Radiant Guardian is now a 4 attack, 5 life minion. This is a very big change to it, meaning that it can no longer trade with other 5 cost minions which have 5 HP, meaning that in the mid-range matchup where you are playing Radiant Guardian, it will not be as strong. But nonetheless, the one drop in attack makes it somewhat still playable against the other decks, such as playing against aggro. Yeah, actually that's the only application in which Radiant Guardian is incredibly strong. Despite the nerf of his attack dropping by 1, I don't think that it really affects the mid-range matchup. However, we all know that most of the decks that run Radiant Guardian, they also run Remembrance meaning that spawning Radiant Guardian from it might not be the strongest option. But no doubt with the armor intact with it, there are other forms of 6 costs, oh no, 5 costs and above elite minions that can be summoned from Remembrance, but Radiant Guardian isn't an auto-win from there. The thing about Radiant Guardian is that, like I mentioned, despite the nerf, the 1 attack drop, it is still strong against aggro matchups because the 4 life heal is almost as strong as a health potion. And the best part is that Radiant Guardian can stick on the board pretty well because it has the armor attached to it, meaning that make it rain does not really make it get damaged. It cannot be comboed together with Ravenous Flock unless you have a keg on board, meaning that your make it rain can be bumped into 2 damage. As of my, my overall opinion, I think that in the mid-range matchup where Radiant Guardian is usually played, there's not much difference to the nerf. But then when against aggro matchup, no doubt Radiant Guardian is still strong, but that one life really matters because we all know that one HP is the difference between surviving and losing the game. And sometimes in the late game, that one HP might have won you one extra turn or even could have won you the game. But due to that, I would say that that one HP really matters in the long run against aggro, mid-range not so much. Hence, I think that this Radiant Guardian nerf is pretty big overall. And let's look at the next card that got hit. It's none other than Jack the Winner. 
I'm actually on the fence regarding this card because I didn't think it was that strong or that great to begin with. But then as you can see, this deck was primarily played in Pirate Aggro. It isn't so much of a finisher, it's more of an enabler because the way the deck plays is to quickly level up or to which the... Each time you damage your opponent, you gain a charge onto Gangplank's level up condition. With Jack the winner, it sort of is able to force unable to enable those later parts, especially turn 4 or turn 5, where your opponent might have minions to block certain points of damage that comes from you. That's where Jack the Winner comes in, with the ability to start with a sleep with the fishes on priority, meaning that you are able to do damage at the start of the turn. You might not want to rely on your warning shot, because you might want to use it to close out the game. And then you can easily draw Gangplank when it's level, because who knows, during the turn when Jack the Winner is played, it's turn 5, maybe you are missing that one turn, to enable Gangplank to level up. And that really ties in together. And that what makes Pirate Aggro maybe gain, gain the overwhelming advantage compared to other aggro decks because of its ability to sort of have a pretty strong presence with Jack the Winner on board. Because it's, it's no kidding, it's a 5 mana 5-6. It's an incredibly stat line, incredibly strong stat line. It's almost on the levels of the previous card I mentioned, which is Radiant Guardian. And so I would say... Now that they drop Jack the Winner from 5-5-6 to a 5-mana five 5-5 five five drop, I would say that this is a this is quite a big nerf. It might be something that nobody really matters, but then now that they have... I wouldn't call it a nerf, it's more of a rebalancing. It makes it almost on the level of the of the other 5-drop minions. The effect is still good. It is able to enable... It can help you close out the gap between Gangplank getting leveled up or maybe even Sejuani getting leveled up because, like I mentioned... It's pretty hard to get a hit on your opponent during turn 4 and turn 5. During turn 1 to turn 3, it's pretty easy, especially when you're playing against some of the most passive decks, like those combo decks, Tariq Lee Sin, meaning that your minions can easily chip in some form of damage. But that due to Jack the Winner, you're able to even level it up on curve turn 5, turn 6. Despite the nerf, I still think it's playable. Another thing is that Jack the Winner has been recently seen inside Swain Twisted Fate. It is a deck that has been dominating the meta ever since Heimer Vi got hit, ever since Ezreal Karma sort of faded off. Due to Jack the Winner having a pretty good stat line with a nice ability, it is able to gain you an additional alternative to leveling up Swain because we all know how versatile Jack the Winner is. It can do the zero cost due to, to yourself to due to, to the opponent's nexus. It's an amazing ability, and I would say that. It's a pretty good nerf in the right direction. I would say it's a proactive nerf because as the, at the rate we can see it, it's often paired together in decks that have bilge water despite of it being played aggro most of the time. It can even be put in mid-range decks because that 2 damage really matters. And that I would say it's a pretty good it's a pretty good nerf or rebalancing I would say. And not to mention the, the, the fact that here Jack the Winner on board gives you the ability to gain a 0 mana card to enable you to get plunder during turn 8. And we all know that during turn 8 is Riptide Rex turn. And that I would say, and Riptide Rex is often played in Swing Twisted Fate, maybe some form of Twisted Fate together with Gangplank, the mid-range version. So I would say, this is a pretty good rebalancing of Jack the Winner. No doubt, this card got hit, but it was still see play. So, they, so do take a look out for that. And another card that got hit, another Bilge Water card, it just seems that Bilgewater seems to be the region of focus during this nerf. It's not like a petty officer. The one health nerf, making it to one health, makes it very susceptible to getting removed by Valfis, Unspeakable Horror. 
like we all know that pirate aggro or maybe decks that have a bilge water and noxious combination pirate aggro swain twisted fate twisted fate along with gangplank decks they have a very big weakness and the weakness is none other than playing against war mother control because during the early game war mother control can seat can concede control to the swain twisted fate player but then during turn 5 turn 6 and even turn 7 the game instantly gets so fast so furious that there's no way that the swain twisted fate player can deal with the opponent's huge beefy minions not even ravenous sword can deal with Trundle can even deal with Trindamir, can even deal with the other big beefy minions that could be summoned from War Mother's Call. And then the fact that they run ramp means that they are able to drop minions pretty quickly. It's on a totally different level compared to ASO Trundle, which does not really have a very good matchup against Swain Twisted Fate and those sort of decks because they they usually play more of a more, I would say, late game control kind of play. But then when we look at War Mother, those minions stick on the board. They are very beefy and they just stick on it. And when they die, they become even stronger in the case of Trindamir. And with this Petty Officer nerf, I would say that the deck was, those decks that run it will still be good because Petty Officer is always a plus one in most cases. And the kegs are really, really very annoying against other aggro and even mid-range matchups. But then, Petty Officer is now super, super vulnerable against War Mother, making the matchup even worse than it really was. And I would say that Petty Officer is one of the key cards of Bilgewater. It's often, sometimes it displays scouts because sometimes nowadays scouts don't really run Petty Officer as they would want their bannermen to be more, I would say, consistent in buffing everything. And Petty Officer, you know, they cut it out. They just run 3 mids or 3 and the rest are the master cards. So I would say as for Petty Officer, it is the biggest, one of the strongest Bilgewater cards is played in almost every Bilgewater deck that splashes Bilgewater. And I would say it's one of the biggest changes of this patch. Whether or not this card will be removed, I would say highly unlikely because the pressure that Petty Officer has, the ability to summon one-cost minions, and we all know how powerful one-cost minions are. As a result, it's a good nerf, but definitely needs to be played. Actually, now that I think about it, the three cards that I mentioned, Radiant Guardian, Jack the Weed, and now Petty Officer, they aren't really nerfs, they're more of rebalancing. No doubt those cards are still good. But in terms of play rate, it might drop. Win rate, it will drop as well because Petty Officer or those Bush Water decks might hover around a 47% win rate or maybe even 49% win rate against War Mother. But now in Petty Officer, losing the early game advantage, especially on a turn when you're facing off turn 3, your opponent is dropping a Wording Stone or maybe even a Catalyst or Ion. And then most of the time, your opponent has saved mana, meaning that your pressure on turn 3 in order to deal some form of damage is easily mitigated because it only has 2 HP, only at 1 HP, sorry, and it can get cleared by Valfeast. And let's look at the other card, another card which got buffed, in this case it's Bastion. No doubt it's a plus one, plus one now. I would say that Bastion, the buff is pretty good, especially if you are playing Tariq Lee Sin, but as from the decks that I see now, I don't see anyone playing Tariq Lee Sin, it's mostly just Hargon Lee. But now with this Bastion buff, I would say that people might try to play together in Tariq Lee, because when you look at Tariq Lee and Targon Lee, both decks have something which is very common their win conditions, Lee Sin leveling up as soon as possible. Let's say that Tariq Lee is more greedy because you're running additional support cards to make Lee Sin do more damage. But then we look at it in its perspective, Lee Sin doesn't really need much support because on its own with Zenith Blade, Overwhelm, and then you level it up, you can easily OTK your opponent in one turn because you strike twice with the normal Overwhelm Strike and then together with Dragon's Rage Strike. 
Meaning that when you reach a certain point in the game, you have enough buffs, enough deny in your hand, you'll win the game. But rhetorically, you're playing more of a more mid-rangey kind of play instead of a more combo-ish with Targon Lee. With Tariq Lee, you're looking to control the board. And I'll say that, was where, that is where Bastion can really fit into it. So as I can see, the decks that, that run Bastion will definitely be buffed. But as for the case of Lee Sin, it is more consistent in Targon Lee because you just focus on buffing, leveling up, leveling up Lee Sin like the way you're playing an Ezreal deck. And then you sort of pop off and win the game from there. So for this buff, I would say it's, you go unnoticed. But in the, in the sense of Tariq Lee and maybe some ASO Dragon decks, definitely you'll see some play. And let's get on with the two big nerfs in this patch. The very first one is ASO. <coughs> the big issue with the ASO nerf is that I remember I did mention in my previous podcast that the only way to actually balance ASO is to make it to have 25 attack across the board, you know, to level up. Because I would say that it is expected and the only right way to balance it this way without making it too weak. Because when you look at ASO, it ticks all the box when it comes to a late game finisher. 10 mana, huge stats, 10-10. You're supposed to win the game from there, right? Just by dropping ASO. But in this case, it has to level up to give you the ultimate win condition. It's like summoning Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. But the thing is that now, dropping ASO on its own doesn't outright win the game. And in most cases, you most likely wouldn't level up ASO immediately when it's dropped. But now when I think about it, now that it's 25 attack across the entire board, for it to even level up and to it for it to even reach the ultimate, the opponent is GG on the spot. No doubt it is tougher to reach there. This level up condition, this increasing level up condition of 20 now to 25, it can be seen like drawing Exodia instead of an auto win by just dropping it on the board with big beefy minions. No doubt, maybe this 20 attack become now 25 attack might not be a very big nerf because let's say you wouldn't drop ASO on the board naked if you know that you cannot protect it or maybe your opponent already committed enough mana and you know that ASO can survive a turn the strong the strength in ASO is ability to stick on the board with spell shield and it a bit and it able to generate free celestial minions in your hand and then together with Living Legends, together with the minions that it generate, those late game spell shield minions with elusive, some has overwhelm, it's easily GG for your opponent. I would say that no doubt it got nerfed in the late game, but overall as ASO is dropped, it's more or less spelling doom for your opponent. Because let's be honest, a lot of the late game decks that people play, apart from maybe Targon Lee Sin, I don't see Ezreal Kama being played as much. ASO in the late game is still a game ender. The level up condition is more like, or when it levels up, it's instant game over. So I would say this nerf is, or this rebalancing is not that, not that uh, game changing. Because let's be honest, when ASO is on the board, the game is almost always over from then on. And let's look at the other card that got nerfed, which is now other than Hush. The escalating cost nerf was something that people really expected it because they did mention it in patch 1.10. The biggest problem about this nerf is that it will open up more play to other decks. No doubt that this harsh nerf is pretty good. It's, it's a very oppressive card together with Purify. I've mentioned it so many times that I don't really like the design of harsh. It limits a lot of play. But the thing is that once you nerf harsh, other decks will see more play. But you have to understand one thing about harsh, and it is that people seldom cast it more than once. It doesn't change the bot state of the game. 
it is only playing control decks or maybe some form of targon decks. Maybe they splash one copy. But one copy of it doesn't mean that you're always going to draw it every game. Because your strategy isn't to rely on Hush to win the game. Your strategy always when you're playing Targon is to hit some form of win condition and then have Hush to ensure that no shenanigans from your opponent's side will happen. And that is the case of Tariq Lee Sin or Targon Lee Sin, Aso Trundle. I can't really think of any other decks that splash Targon that is sort of meta other than... Yeah, not even War Mother because War Mother is Shadow Owls with Freelord. So we look at Aso Trundle and we look at Targon Lee. Hush isn't a win condition, it's more of a card that you use to prevent your opponent from popping off too quickly. But in the case of Aesol Trundle, they run two incredibly strong cards of the entire Targon expansion, which is Aesol and Hush. Usually, when it comes to Aesol, they won't usually just commit Hush all of a sudden. They usually do it as sort of a counterplay, especially when they have an Aesol and an Infinite Time Speed on the board. And then the Hush really comes into play. Maybe they stun your Aesol, they stun your... your they stun your infinite time splitter. That's where Hush comes in. You silence your own minion, you put it on the board to block, and I don't think your opponent can react to that. So I would say that Hush is sort of like a anti-pop-off card. It's something like Effect Veiler when you play Yu-Gi-Oh! to negate your opponent's effect so that they do not gain an overwhelming advantage over you. So does the escalating cost matter? I highly doubt so, because when you're playing some decks, you usually only reserve 3 spell mana. You only want to cast it once in case your opponent has some crazy, crazy play that he can do to stop you from winning the game. But overall, I guess this will make the public sentiment or make the public happy because Hush has really been ruining a lot of games. But then again, you wouldn't be affected by Hush unless you're playing against Targon decks, especially Aso Trunder. But if your opponent is using Hush on you, they probably won the game because they have Aso on board. And it's the late game, you probably can't win Aso Trunder when it's turn 10 anyway. So I would say, let's look at the decks that got potentially got hit due to the nerf. I would say there's only one deck that got hit, which is Aso Trundle. The rest of the decks are incredibly strong, because, let me explain. They nerf Hush, right? That means that the Hush, when Hush got nerfed, everything got buffed. So it's sort of like a seesaw effect. So if I were to think of the meta post-patch 1.11, definitely the strongest deck will be Scout slash Swing Twister Fate. I don't see a lot of Scouts being played, but Scout is sort of like a Trojan horse. It's a Dark Horse. It's actually the strongest deck, just that a lot of people can't see it. Swing Twister Fate, no doubt. Easy to run strategy, you don't really need to overcommit. You have a simple win condition of Swain together with the Leviathan on board to permanent stun your opponent to keep doing damage over time. And your opponent can't deal with it because you have so much removal that, let's be honest, you don't really need to focus on excess damage. All you gotta do is ensure that Swain is leveled up because it's so easy to level up Swain in that deck. And then you have the Leviathan on board to deal the damage together with Swain to stun everything. Maybe Twister Fate comes in because the thing about Twister Fate is a card that is a, creates so much pressure on its own. Leave it on board, there's a chance that you might level it up because of all the random chaining that you can do. Or you can ignore it. And who knows? Leveled up, GG from that. Another deck that will be in the meta is, is Pirate Aggro. That is without a doubt. No, regardless of the nerf to Jack, the winner, and Petty Officer, the deck is still incredible. And then another deck is Shen Fiora. That will still be in the meta because this deck really punishes a lot of the combo and control decks with Reaver Shaper on board, with the ability to keep drawing spells, keep having cycling or deny, drawing denies, concerted strike, Fiora as an alternate win condition. It's a deck that packs a punch, but I wouldn't say it's meta defining, it's more like a meta pick because of everything in the meta today. Another deck that will 100% see play, the only combo deck that is viable, Targon Lee. 
due to the buff to Bastion, I would say it becomes more of a Tariq Lee deck because Bastion on Tariq together with Lee Sin, you buff it together, makes it a pretty strong combo, right? And lastly, the one deck that will dominate this meta, definitely, which has a good matchup against almost every deck in the meta except for Esadrani, which by the way is the deck that I pilot to reach master this season. Esadrani is a dark horse, but let's talk about War Mother Control. War Mother Control will be the strongest deck in this meta, together with Swin Twister Fate. Because War Mother Control, as a deck, it has sustain, it has, it has a late game in the form of a mid-range deck because you have access to huge beefy minions that cannot die, champions that cannot die, they get buffed each time they attack, you try to remove it, they sort of summon it back in itself, you resolve one time War Mother and that's game. And the only deck that can actually counter it is Targon Lee because they run Ionia, meaning that they have deny. But a smart War Mother control player would never ever cast War Mother's core unless they are pretty sure your opponent doesn't have deny. And then they can just easily drop monsters on curve because they have Wording Stones and a Catalyst of Iron. They can drop Trunder early, they can drop Trindamir early, and I don't think there's any way that Targon Lee can deal with it because some of them run some form of freeze, meaning that their Lee Sin on their own turn is useless. And then you pass back to the War Mother's turn and it's plunder all over again. Overwhelm damage non-stop, non-stop, non-stop. So I'll say that there's a comparison between War Mother Control and Aesol Trundle. We before this patch, Aesol Trundle is definitely the stronger deck. But then now with the nerf to Aesol and to Hush, I would say that War Mother is definitely stronger. Because when it comes to the Aesol versus War Mother matchup, it is the free cost supernova that Aesol gets from leveling up very easily against Trindamir because let's face it, one other deck, the only way that they are menacing is when they have Ruination and a Burst Spell in hand. When you're playing against Aesol, you're usually in a dilemma whether you want a Mulligan for Vengeance or you want to keep your Ram. Most unlikely, you'll be keeping your Ram, right? It's the obvious choice because you both want to reach Ram as soon as possible. It's pretty tiring, especially in the matchup where your opponent ramps up pretty fast and then you as a warm other player, you don't draw any Ram. And then you lose because you have no answer, you have so little mana, you can't deal with Aesol on your opponent's side. And then you need to minimally have 9 mana to deal with Aesol. 4, no, I mean 5 mana, uh, 6, that means as earliest as turn 6, but maybe on turn 6 your opponent drop Aesol. Because 9 mana means that 6 mana with 3 spell, you can cast a Valfeast to get Avengers to deal with 1 copy of the Aesol. But that's enough tempo loss for you on your side. Because your opponent most likely has Trundle on board, and maybe some form of dragons like Infinite Times Twitter. They can just keep doing damage. And by the time you are able to ramp up in the past against Aesol, they really have Aesol on board. And then they can easily have multiple copies of Supernova in hand. Meaning that you only have you have six minions that could potentially do damage. Three copies of Trundle, three copies of Trindamir, and maybe one copy of Commander Ledros. Let's say that Supernova removes two of your Trindamir, or maybe two of your Trundle. That's it, man. There's no way that your War Mother is always consistently gonna drop your win conditions, right? So due to this nerf, I would say that due to the right now, due to right now, to the nerf to Aesol and Hush, our Hush is a big killer towards War Mother though, when you're playing Aesol. Aesol doesn't level as quickly as possible. Hush got nerfed, War Mother is definitely stronger because the free cost Supernova is highly unlikely to happen, but no doubt Supernova is still a killer against this deck. So I would say War Mother is definitely in control for now. And if you want to counter it, play Astrodrani, that's my recommendation. Astrodrani totally destroys everything in the meta today. However, just some people don't seem that the deck is incredibly good. But in my opinion, I ran Astrodrani on a master ladder, especially when I'm running Diamond all the way. 
I've only lost like four games and I hit master easily due to Astrodrani, but understanding the matchups and knowing that it has a good time against almost every deck. So we have come to the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you guys in the next episode. All the links to my social media can be found in the description box. Do follow me on Apple, Spotify, give me on Discord, on Legends of Runeterra, and everything. All the links are down in the description box below. Thank you, and I'll see you once again this week, this Sunday. Same time, same place. Not really same time, same place. Now it will be released on 11pm Singapore time, which is around 11am New York time, if I'm not wrong, or UTC. Remember that, and that's game. <laughs>